Are you ready to make the door swing, the phone ring, and the till ding? In this episode, we're talking about one of the best kept secrets in any community, the behind the scenes programs that support local businesses and entrepreneurs in getting started, growing, and expanding. From the skinny lessons that'll make you wince, wince to the <laughs> to the TMZ style tell-all exposés. These everyday people are doing extraordinary things. Welcome to the secret life of local. I'm your host, Barb McGrath, Google girl, and founder of the Get Found for Local program. I've been helping local businesses thrive for over 20 years. From online businesses to multi-location stores, you can turn browsers to buyers and thinkers to, do to doers. Today, we're going behind the scenes with Jasmine Patterson, a well-known and well-respected business cheerleader. Welcome, Jasmine. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey. Oh, thanks, Barb. You're such a sweetheart. Uh, cheerleader, <laughs> I like that term. I like to I like to be a cheerleader for entrepreneurs, definitely. Exactly. Um, and you know, entrepreneurs need that. They need people behind them, boosting them up because entrepreneurial or anybody who's an entrepreneur, it's a crazy world, right? Crazy. Mm -hmm. But I interrupted you. So tell us about no, yourself. No, that's okay. Yeah, no, that's a... Uh, I mean, it's a big part of what has brought me to where I am today is that like loving cheerleading for entrepreneurs and realizing how much Regina entrepreneurs, Saskatchewan entrepreneurs are so humble and need people to help like tell them to be audacious and tell their story and like brag about themselves. Like you are an amazing entrepreneur and you need to brag about yourself and that's okay and you should and other people should too. So Absolutely. Um, okay, so I so want to I want to jump yeah, in there though. So But let's talk about that. So why do you think that especially here in Saskatchewan, we have such a tough time bragging about ourselves? Why is that so hard for us? I honestly think it comes from the humble roots of Saskatchewan. We come from we're all farmers, we're the like so we're the land of the living skies, we are the breadbasket of Canada. Mm -hmm. Um so we were all kind of came from farmers, being very humble, doing the work that we needed to do, getting things done. And we always just worked really hard and got things done and never really thought to tell people how amazing the things are that we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I noticed that like time and time again, when I started working for Economic Development Regina, mm -hmm. um, and we were working with entrepreneurs, I just noticed that I would be talking to somebody and they'd start telling me about some of the accomplishments that they had done. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like mm -hmm. people don't realize that the world entrepreneur of the year award from EY was from Regina, well, from Davidson, like yes. Murad Al-Kati with AGT Foods. Like he won the world entrepreneur of the year from mm -hmm. here. And people are like, she'll never realize that. Or yeah. um, I know people in Toronto that know about Hilberg and Burke or Skip the Dishes. Mm -hmm. And they'll just assume that it's like a east coast or west coast business or toronto or vancouver right yeah it yeah. came right from they don't realize it came right from the prairies and came right from regina so yes. um it was really exciting for me to be able to help tell those stories mm -hmm. and to work with entrepreneurs and startups and tell them like you can do anything from here like we actually have a huge advantage being in regina and saskatchewan mm -hmm. because we are like that little big town mindset Yes. Where you can learn from anybody. You can call anybody and ask them like, hey, can I buy you a coffee? 
and learn from you. And they're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Because that's just how prairie people, Saskatchewan people are. Exactly. Yeah. It's how we're hardwired. In fact, you talked about that in your introduction that you provided me before we started today. And I had to giggle when I read that because it's, it's so true. You can call anybody, you can send anybody a LinkedIn request. And as soon as you explain, hey, I'm from Saskatchewan too, and blah, blah, blah. People accept that request and they are more than open to having the conversation. And Mm -hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. I went to university in Ontario and it's a really different culture. Great people, but, but so much more competition, right? And it didn't matter if it was for a job, if it was for the guy you wanted to date, right? There was so much competition over everything that that Mm -hmm. same culture did not exist. Nobody was there to give you a hand up. In fact, they were more likely to, you know, bump you out of the way, butt in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. And that was really hard to get used to at first when I first moved out there. Um, And it made the decision easy when I decided, you know what? Like, I'm ready to go home. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, it was, yeah, that's a big part part of what kept me here. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I advocate strongly. I'm a big advocate for Regina, for Saskatchewan, for the prairies um for that exact reason like I've had um my one of my best friends lives in Toronto she has tried to get me to come there uh my dad lives in Kelowna he's tried to get me to come that way and I'm like love it I will travel to come see you yes but I'm not leaving here because people that live here have such big opportunity to like the sky is the limit like when Mm -hmm. I worked for economic development Regina I was leading a group called the uh, council for entrepreneurship growth um, which came up with the audacity movement, um, which I know you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a group of individuals like, uh, well, Murata Gatib had been involved with it. The, um, Rachel Milky with Helberg and Burke um, was on it. Um, there were quite a few different individuals on that um, committee. Mm-hmm. And like, I was only a couple of years at a university and I'm helping like run that meeting. There yeah. is no way. Like when I told my friends that lived in Toronto or lived in Vancouver that I was doing that, like, they would have had to been working there for 10 years or more to even yes. get that opportunity. Exactly. Whereas here, it's like people give you the chance. Yes. So, and in fact, even that couple of years out of university, you were just as likely to go for coffee or lunch with uh, Rachel Milkey after you were done the meeting or before the meeting to prepare. Oh, 100%. Where, yeah, you put yourself in Toronto or Vancouver, like somebody else at a completely different level is doing all of that. And if you even right. get to sit in the room, you're doing you're lucky, lucky, right? Mm-hmm. So, so how did you how did you get into supporting entrepreneurs? Do you come from an entrepreneurial family? Um, were you ever an entrepreneur? Like, like how did you actually <laughs> find yourself supporting all of us crazy entrepreneurs who bounce <laughs> around like I don't know ping pong balls? Yes, I love it. I think that's probably why it's just because I love the energy of entrepreneurs. But um, so I was in university. Actually, I started university. Um, going into the sciences. I don't know if you know that, Barb. I did not know um, that. Yes, my first two and a half years of university, I was in the sciences. I was like bound and determined since I was five that I was going to be a veterinarian. Oh, I knew for sure. Okay, I and, still love uh, animals, so I absolutely adore animals. <laughs> so I'm still working on working that into. Like I've done like little side hustles as like doing pet photography and stuff like that, just because I love animals. Oh, perfect. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was in sciences, and then. Um, I actually, one of my like, uh, advice that I always give to younger individuals is volunteer for whatever it is that you think you want to do for your life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I was in high school, um, I had volunteered actually my first year of university, I would say it was my first year of university. I volunteered at a vet clinic for okay. six months 
And every Saturday morning, so I mean, you talk to anybody, if you offer them free work and you're like, hey, can I work for you for free? Because I just want to like learn about what it's like to be in this environment because I'm thinking about doing it for a job. Mm-hmm. Like nine out of 10 times, they're going to say yes, because you're Absolutely. a free worker. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so I did that. And every Saturday morning I was there and I started realizing the pieces of it that I was missing. So I love working with people. Mm-hmm. I've always been in sales and hospitality jobs my whole life, like since I was 12 I've had jobs um and so I missed like I worked with a lot of animals which is amazing but I missed talking to people okay and then um so I was like well maybe this isn't for me putting the animals down uh, oh I can't even imagine yeah oh and then also I realized real quick that um getting the average that you need to get into veterinarian school mm-hmm. in sciences while working full-time because I was working full-time because I was also um, like helping uh, in my household to like pay mm-hmm. bills and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I had to work, mm-hmm. but I couldn't get my average to the point that it needed to be. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, what else could I potentially do? Thought maybe pharmacy. So I volunteered with a pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Realized really fast I was only there for like a month, and I was like, nope, like this is not my thing. <laughs> exactly. There are a lot of people that do it, but it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was actually working for um, Prairie Mobile Communications at the time, and my boss there was like, "You're so good at sales, you should yeah. switch into business." And I was like, "I don't know. I always found myself in sciences because I loved science as a kid." Mm-hmm. And then um, I took a finance class just as an elective to be like, "Well, let's just try business class." The mm-hmm. keep Khan was my prof and <laughs> I fell in love with finance. So prof oh, to him. Wow. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and I was just so engaged. And then I started like looking more into the business faculty and mm-hmm. I realized that you could like be in all these clubs and like join like uh, JVC West and be in like all these yep. different things and meet so many people. And I was like, dang it. He was right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is totally for me. <laughs> Um, so I made the switch and actually mm-hmm. you were one of my first props for communication <laughs> yep. when I made the full switch into business. Oh, I did not um, know that. Yes. So, so then, uh, and your class is fabulous. We got to like work with entrepreneurs and come up with a communication strategy. For yep. them. And I was like, this is so cool. I love working with business owners. So that kind of sparked things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and then the rest is history. And uh, out of university, I started working for Connexus for a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. They hired me because they sponsored my JDC West team. I was on the marketing ah, team. Yes. Um, they hired me out of university. I did get a finance major, self-declared myself for marketing. Okay. There's no double mm-hmm. major yet. Still <laughs> going to work on that. Um, but yeah, so I went to Connexus. I was there for a little while. Realized I missed like the business strategy side like okay I wanted to work with businesses and mm-hmm. my friend works for economic development Regina um she told me about a position that was coming open mm-hmm. uh coordinator of business services Got I was it. like okay let's try it mm-hmm. John Lee and Dave Fro there gave me a shot oh. I started working for them and like as soon as I started working with startups and business owners I knew this is for me yeah, you I love entrepreneurs. Right yeah, they have so much passion and excitement and they just love, they just want to do what they love every day. And I wanted to help them do what they love every day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you just said something really important there, right? You That, that desire to help. Uh, and so you and I have known each other for about 12 or 15 years. And the only reason oh gosh, I know that off the top of my long. head is because... Um, 
you were in one of the first classes that I taught when I was working part-time at the university teaching because oh, my kids were still little. Like I want to say Peter might have been six months old or a year old and he just turned 14. <laughs> I know, exactly. Oh my goodness. Yep, Has exactly. Has it been that long? Oh. oh, I know. Doesn't time go fast? But let's not get in. Let's not go, go down yeah. that rabbit hole. Wow. So here's my point though. As, and I don't think it matters if you're male or female, but as a professional who's driven to support entrepreneurs, you have a job, Monday to Friday, nine to five. Well, a lot of our entrepreneurial stuff, it happens, you know, Monday to Friday, five till nine. And so mm -hmm. there you are at an event. There you are doing something on the weekend. Um, you've got a young family. You're married. You've got a dog. You love to bike. Like you, you still want a life. How do you balance it all? Mm. You don't. You just manage. <laughs> um, when I worked for ActDev, Regina, I, at the time, wasn't married, didn't have a kid, did have a dog. Um, but just the dog out of those three was a lot easier. Mm -hmm. um, and I was. I was working well over 40 hours a week. Yes. Um, and I was going to events constantly. I was always at entrepreneurship events. I was running entrepreneurship events mm -hmm. myself. I was um, talking to people outside of regular business hours. I knew that that's what they needed. Um, and it was incredible. Like EDR was the biggest catalyst to my career. Um, and I absolutely adore them for it. Um, and it did though results like I went from coordinator to manager to director in three and a half years. Wow. Um, and I think that very much aligns. Um, another thing I tell a lot of young people or people that are looking into their career changes is um, I had a, a mentor, uh, Lauren Chanel, fabulous individual when I was in university. Mm -hmm. And he, the first thing he said to me was, what are your values? Let's nail down what your values are. And I was yes. like, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. And he showed me, he, I went through a whole exercise, nailed down what my three to five top priority um, uh, values were. Mm -hmm. And he said, make sure that any organization you're going to work for, that they align with those values. Yes. Because exactly. it's just going to pay you back in space. So I was like, okay. So that's what I did. And when I worked for Active Regina, our my values aligned wholeheartedly with theirs mm -hmm. um, and with the CEO that was there, John. And that's, I think, why I moved up so quickly because I aligned so well with what they were doing. They could tell mm -hmm. that I was passionate about what they were doing. Um, and I wanted to work more than 40 hours a week because I just loved it so much. Mm -hmm. um, but that also, also resulted in burnout. Yes, exactly. I hit that burnout wall. <laughs> yes. Okay, so before um, you dig into that part of the story, yeah, yeah, yeah. how did you recognize it? Because it's one mm. thing to talk about the other side when you, you know, okay, you burnt out and here's what I did. But how yeah. did you recognize what was happening? Uh, they offered me the job for a director because I was the manager, the director that at that point in time left uh, to go launch his own startup. Okay. And they said, like, is this something that you want to do? And I was like, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I was like, I don't think I can handle that. Like, that's a lot of responsibility because once you put, go into director, then you're doing like business strategy. You have a whole team of people, like a bigger team of people that you're managing. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified. And they're like, okay, well, let's work through that. And I got a leadership coach and I was like, okay, maybe I can do this. Because they kept saying like, Jasmine, like, we're going to help you. We, we can do this. And I was like, okay, for mm -hmm. sure. But I was like, I kept having like these like mini Packs basically, where I was just like the thought of everything that I needed to do was really starting to freak me out. Yeah. Um. So that was my first sign. 
Um, and I got a therapist. Okay. <laughs> and yep. I, like a personal therapist, which I advocate strongly for therapy. It has mm-hmm. saved my life, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but at that time, I was also the president of SIPE, the Saskatchewan Young Professionals and Entrepreneurs for the Regina chapter. Okay. I was also planning my wedding, uh, which was in uh, Mexico. So it was a destination wedding. So I was also planning that at the time. Um, I was also being put in charge of the audacity movement and like what that meant, which at that time was like still so up in the air. Yeah. It was Um, so vague in the beginning, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was. Um, so it was just like, yeah, let's just say yes to everything until I have a panic attack and realize I can't do that. So that was, I learned quickly that I need to put boundaries around how much time I'm willing to commit to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't realize that I couldn't do everything. <laughs> you know what? Until I you're just an overachiever. It's how you're yeah. driven. You want to say mm-hmm. yes to everything. You want to support everyone who's asking for help. Um, and, and so that's just how you're hardwired. It's like, okay, yeah, I have to do this and now I have to do that. So did it mean that you had to start saying no or, you know, what changed? Yeah, it definitely meant that I had to start saying no. So I actually ended up, um, taking a month off of work Mm because my wedding actually like did not go anywhere as planned like it ended up being like a total monsoon wedding in Cancun and like things just went away um so that on top of like just everything with work and trying to plan the audacity of that and everything like I just hit a wall and my like my light switch just turned off like I couldn't do anything mm-hmm. um so I ended up actually taking a month off work and EDR was absolutely inc- like incredible like John and the team just like completely put their arms around me and were like don't worry about anything worry about you mm-hmm. like work is fine people will be fine yeah. like we don't need to have the audacity event this month like just yeah. go home take care of you mm-hmm. um and that was like I threw the book at it like I did yoga I did um, therapy. I was like going to a naturopath. I was going to an acupuncturist. I was like doing all of the things um, that Still I could try and do. Still overachieving to get through Still a burnout. Overachieving. Yes, yes. That's just how. That's my mo. Unfortunately. Yeah. Fortunately and unfortunately. Um. I and I'll tell you, the first two weeks I did nothing. The hey. second two weeks, that's when I like was able to like crawl out of that darkness, mm-hmm. and I had so many people around me that were helping. Yeah. Um. And. I was supposed to do a second year of being president of Sipe. I said mm-hmm. no. Okay. Which was very difficult for me. Yes. Um, but I said, I was like, I, I have to take a step back. Um, and they were amazing. The, the board that I had that they were just incredible and somebody else stepped up. So mm-hmm. thankfully for that person. Yep. Um, and yeah, so th- then I came out of it and worked really slowly to get back up to where, not back up to where I was, because obviously I wasn't saying yes to everything anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I got, I, I came out of it um, with a lot of learned lessons and, and realizing that I needed to um, put boundaries on my time and not say yes to everything. Yes. Anymore. So let's talk about that lost art of saying no, because I don't think it matters mm-hmm. anymore if you're a parent, an entrepreneur, or a professional climbing the ranks. Um, there's a misconception that if you're saying no, you you know, okay, fine, we'll move on to someone else. Um, and I, I think, especially as an entrepreneur, so that's my perspective, uh, saying no comes with this connotation that, oh, well, that's fine. I can just hire someone else. 
Absolutely, you can. There are so many great businesses out there and it takes a long time as a small business owner to get to a place where it's like, yeah, I'm gonna say no. When I get that vibe right up front from a client, it's like, you know what? This isn't gonna be a great working relationship. I can already tell that we're very different. Here's, you know, a couple of others that I might recommend. And the one thing that I've discovered is your network of similar businesses that you might send someone to, they're also going to get that same vibe from the client a lot of times. So whatever. But like when I think about saying no, especially as a, a female and um, a professional, how did you build that muscle? How did you build the, build mm-hmm. the confidence to say no, whether it's your boss, uh, one of your committees? I think that um, and it's, it's, it's hard for people if they don't hit that burnout phase to say no. Cause once I hit that, I was like, I'm not going back there, okay. not going back into that hole, mm-hmm. <laughs> into that dark place. So whenever somebody then would ask me to do something or like add another yeah. responsibility on my plate, I'd really sit there and look at my, again, I went back to my values and be like, does this align with what I'm trying to accomplish? Right. And if it didn't, I had to be really honest with the person and say like, I have burnt out before. Mm-hmm. I I can't accept another responsibility right now. Yeah. And the more times that you do that, like, because you don't need to explain yourself. Yeah. If if you're doing your job and they're trying to add more onto your job, like you don't need to explain yourself. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with your clients. I love that you do that because you're saving yourself and you're saving them time. Yes. Um. Because I did the same thing working for Active. I so at the time was running the uh, square one program, which is now called the SAS startup Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, big plug for them. If you are a startup, hundred percent go to SAS startup Institute. So many free resources. Yes. Um, but the greatest thing about that and about my job now, I work for BDC business development bank of Canada. Um, was that when someone comes to me looking for whatever it might be for their business, if they're mm-hmm. looking for mentorship, if it's looking for financing, if they're looking for whatever it might be, mm-hmm. if I'm not the right person to do it, I'll tell you others that I think might be right. And that's what you said you do too. It's like, I'm not just saying no, Mm -hmm. I'm saying, no, I can't, but here are some other people who can. So you're still helping people and you're helping yourself by not taking on a responsibility that isn't yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's kind of dig into that a little bit because you're right. Um, I think when you're hardwired to help people, it's like, you know, I'm probably not the best fit but here's someone else who might be able to help. And I think that's where your experience with the entrepreneurial committee and with all of the different supports that are available out in, you know, the community, the province, and even the federally what's available. Um, By knowing that network, you're able to point people in the right direction. Do I remember correctly uh, from our earlier conversations, did you actually hit burnout twice or just once? Okay, there we go. Oh yeah. Yeah, so you did go back. You ended up, so what happened? How did how did you let yourself slide back? Okay, so I mean, my second burnout, and I do wanna jump back at some point to the ecosystem side of things, um, but with regards to the, the burnout phases of my life. Um, so when I, so I got EDR, I then, um, so I came out of that burnout. I was doing really, really well. Um, and then I went on my honeymoon and I got pregnant, okay. which was the plan. And I didn't think it was going to happen that fast, but it did. I was very blessed that way. Yep. Um, but I got pregnant, had my daughter. 
Um, and a month before she was born, a global pandemic hit. Oh. So that flipped everything on its head. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was very different having a child than what I was expecting because mm-hmm. um, I was isolated. Um, I did not get to do like the mom and me groups, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was really difficult. She was colic for five months mm-hmm. and I didn't have a lot of support because you weren't allowed to see anybody. So it was just yeah. like, you have to handle this. And it's like, okay, <laughs> uh, kids don't come with a yeah. manual. This is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's my first and only child at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, still, um, but I had BDC and a few other organizations actually approach me during my maternity leave to see if I would work for them after mm-hmm. I came out of maternity leave. And that was really nice. But when you like go into mat leave and like becoming a mom, it's like, well, I'm forgotten. Like nobody's going to remember me yes. because I am not working. Exactly. And I was worried about that. And then I was starting to have people reach out. And I was like, oh, people still know. Yes, they still love me. They still love me. Even, love though, me. even though, though I have a baby and like I'm not as available. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I ended up working for BDC once again, went back to my values. They really aligned. Um, and I worked there for a, a year before I hit burnout. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I hit burnout this time is because I have never worked with a child before. Yes, exactly. Let alone work with a child during a global pandemic. Yes, exactly. You know, <laughs> Jasmine, add, I'm, add. I'm just noticing our time and I do want to quickly jump back to the ecosystem. Oh, so yeah. just give us a little bit of an overview of what you actually do at BDC and what kind of supports out there for entrepreneurs. Yeah. So um, with the ecosystem, what I want to say to all entrepreneurs is there are so many supports for you. Mm-hmm. You do not have to do it alone. Yeah. Um, and I'm happy to speak with anybody that's running a business or thinking about starting a business. I love grabbing coffee or having virtual chats with people. Um, just to see if I know of any supports because my whole job for like four and a half years was understanding the entire ecosystem of support available to all Saskatchewan entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether it be women entrepreneurs of Saskatchewan, Futurepreneur, Clarence Campbell Development Fund from AT, um, there's so many, like a huge array. Um, And then like the Sussurf Institute, like I was speaking to before. Um, So happy to chat about those with anybody. Uh, BDC, Business Development Bank of Canada, where I currently work as an account manager for mm-hmm. small business. Um, we offer financing and advisory services for entrepreneurs um, for just business. So we're the bank for businesses. You've probably seen billboards. Um, we don't have like day-to-day bank accounts. We don't do personal. We just lend to business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, and we lend in those areas that are different from the, the other banks. We actually are very right. complementary to the other banks. Um, so if it's financing that you're looking for, or if you're looking for just like some help in what direction should I be taking? What can I do for my next step? Give me a call, shoot me an email, happy to chat. (laughs) Perfect. Well, you know what? I, let's do that now. So if somebody does want to get in touch with you, how do they do it? What's the best way to find you, connect with you and ask some of these questions? Yeah. So, uh, check me out on LinkedIn. So I'm under Jasmine Patterson on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also shoot me an email at jasmine.patterson at bdc.ca. Um, I'm sure you'll put that in there so I don't have to spell it all out for you. <laughs> um, that's the best way to get into contact with me, either LinkedIn or, or shoot me an email and uh, happy to connect. Okay. Well, that is awesome. So I am going to wrap us up today. Uh, yeah. That was actually one of the fastest episodes. Even I kind of lost track of time there. So yeah, uh, no, I, I, could, I could chat with you forever, Barb. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. So 
Thank you, Jasmine, for joining yes. me and just Thanks sharing your story, your journey. Uh, I think there's so much to be learned in there and the honesty that I think sometimes <laughs> we all have a really hard time sharing because, you know, our worlds are social media and everything looks so rosy from mm -hmm. the front side. So thank you. I'm your host, Barb McGrath, Google girl and founder of the Get Found for Local program. Remember, you worked hard for your success. Don't keep it a secret. Bye for now.